That's the U.S. government sounds like to you, Ben. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to episode of Cinenation. My name is Brandon Sparks. And here on Cinenation, we discuss film genres and the tropes and stories within them. Today, I do not have Thomas Horton with me again. This is two straight weeks. We do have a returning guest podcaster who I love to always have back. I'd like to welcome back Ben Gertz. Ben Gertz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brandon Sparks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm no, I'm no Thomas Horton, but I will give it my darndest. Ben, ben uh, uh, was here. Well, it's a, it's was it January? You were here in January, so it's a three month. Because brick, yeah. we did brick. You kind of have to scroll back through the episode list to find one with me. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not a checkerboard pattern. It's more of like a, oh, there he is in the way back. Ben was feeling, feeling, uh, feeling, uh, excited this month. He came back on the show. Yeah, uh, frisky. So yeah. Anyway, so we've talked about this month. We've talked about uh, the journalism film and how the journalism film tackle several different forms of journalism in some way there's a lot of different perspectives of a journalism film uh we've said the simple kind of way is that most journalism films are kind of these long investigative pieces where the reporters are asking a lot of questions and trying to piece together the story and these are movies like zodiac or spotlight or all the presence men and then the big thing uh is that a lot of these journalism movies deal with the ethics of journalism in some way and a kind of making decisions of is it ethical is it not uh, in terms of reporting a story, how far you will go to report a story. We talked about that with for uh, Sweet Smell Success as it's a morality tale for Sidney Falco to see how far he will go to climb up the professional ladder of journalism. And we've talked about it with Broadcast News. We even talked about it last week with the paper. Um, and also kind of the, the changing of the guard in terms of how news can sometimes become less about information and more about selling the story. And that was kind of predicted in broadcast news in the, in the late 80s and then has kind of been mirrored in real life in terms of our current news cycle. Um, and I feel like some of that stuff will come into play today uh, because today's movie is the 2014 documentary Citizen Four, directed by Laura uh, Poitras. And in this film, she follows former intelligence consultant Edward Snowden as he decides to leak information to NSA and the United States government and I had sent this list to Ben, our Larabox list to Ben, with all the possible journalism movies we could cover. And without hesitation, without hesitation, <laughs> Ben picked this film. Uh, so, Ben, why did you pick this film? Yeah, I mean, I listened, you know, you and Horton, well, you and Thomas were talking about <laughs> Horton. That sounds so weird. That's the first Pardon time me. anyone's ever said that ever. Yeah. Pardon me. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> Uh, you guys were talking about, I mean, the first movies that come to mind, right, are like All the President's yeah. Men. Yeah, Right, I mean, it, it really is just a couple staples that sort of land at the top, and you're like, well, what is this genre, right? And then I saw Citizen Four years ago, and then I saw it on the list, and I'm like, man, this is a wild story. I, I really have personally, uh, you know, being interested in some of the same sort of tech dweeby. yeah nerd things data, data yeah type things yeah yeah i so i've i've read some of, most of his uh his memoir permanent record uh and then i read a, when when he was leaking stuff i read a lot of these guardian pieces washington post der mm -hmm. spiegel the papers that 
he you know leaked to and it is a it is a crazy story it is a really really crazy story because so much of it played out publicly you know online raw source material mostly some of it yeah. redacted and then the president of the united states is commenting on it you know what i mean it's and sort of big picture to talk here on the podcast is like what changed like you know again to go to the heart of the genre a little bit um like a detective story right like you've got this secret like you found out that the government's spying on everybody and so if you're in all the president's men you want to write a story which basically reveals the truth mm-hmm. cites sources and then the laws change or the president resigns or yeah. some big thing happens and brandon i don't know <laughs> that there's a real landing in that same way it's it's so interesting because a lot of people i think if you at you and i were talking about just a minute ago before we started recording like you know people do people know who snowden is yeah that's, here's this yeah. guy who if you watch the documentary he you know he for a brief time was like one of the most famous people on earth you know as far as like america wanted him badly he was on cnn talking about why he was leaking all this information and then he's on the run. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. It's totally <laughs> wild. And yeah. So let's Yeah. I'm ready. And, and, ben, I'm and ready. the thing and the thing is with Ben is that Ben also just loves paranoia films. <laughs> and and he loves he loves movies with Joseph Gordon Levitt. Uh yeah. are the two things. Yeah. And and Joseph Gordon Levitt. Well, Levitt's in the Snowden. He's in the Snowden uh, uh Oliver Stone Biopic. You know, yeah. Biopic. So we'll talk about both. But yeah. really sit you know, Citizen Four won the the Oscar. Oscar did, yeah, yeah. So best that, documentary. If you don't know about the film, it really isn't just some conspiracy crazy thing. It, it won a it won an Oscar for a good reason. the The film is unsettling and chilling in yeah. different moments. The soundtrack is incredible. It's got this yeah, drone. Trent, Trent, Trent Reznor, eerie. yeah, Trent Reznor yeah. Uh, soundtrack. Yeah, it's um, incredible because you know Snowden is this strange monologue you yeah. know he's he's very snowden is a very uh well-spoken individual yeah. and he has yeah. a a lot to say about a lot so uh so with that yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you take that what you will um but uh let's get into kind of what citizen four is about for everyone so it's yeah. currently streaming on tubi tubi tv for free i believe uh but it's available to rent on pretty much any platform like apple tv amazon youtube etc and um, the blu-ray is pretty good there's blu-ray. some bonus features yeah, yeah for sure yeah physical media guys support yeah. physical media go buy it uh so ben I'll, you can hopefully do this better than i can so i'm gonna let okay. you take this yeah can you introduce like this the plot of this movie or the story of this movie yeah i i think the amazing thing that pointress does with the film is that Number one, this is about a lot of really technical, yeah, uh, almost incomprehensible techno babble about surveillance. Yes, and even Snowden has a hard time sort of describing how it works, what's going on. But then the other piece is that it opens right. She doesn't know who he is. Yeah, he's trying to leak this stuff anonymously. So it opens again. Incredible soundtrack. And it opens with basically these email and text exchanges of 
I have this information. I can't tell you who I am. I can only tell you that it's going to be worth your time. I mean, so there's a there's an immediate and also it opens on her own story, which is which is noteworthy. Like she made films criticizing the US government about the war in Iraq. She was put on the watch list uh and interrogated, I think she says 57, 58. Yeah, it's a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Every every time she came and went through an airport, I guess every time she went through an airport, she was stopped for hours and interrogated. Yeah. You know, and and questioned, I think we should be more specific. This is She yeah, she's detained for spe- she's detained because she's on this watch list. And I'll go a little more in detail yeah. in a minute about that. Um they want her to turn over sources or her hard yes. drives or her phone. Yeah. She refuses. They don't press it because they don't have a warrant. She's primed. And Snowden talks about it in his book. He chose her for a reason. He yeah. chose her because she he saw her films. Yeah. And he knew that she had something. Um, she knew the consequences. Yeah. She was on the list. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy like okay here she is on the list and then he's talking with her and anyway so so he contacts her yeah out of the blue sorry i didn't give you the other yeah yeah yeah. so he contacts her out of the blue uh and he he, they her and this american journalist glenn greenwald wind up in hong kong to talk with this man and this man is edward snowden and edward snowden is a as i said a former or i I think it's it's not fully clear in the doc if he is at that point working for the government or has left no he's working he's working directly for booze allen hamilton i think as a contractor yeah yeah as a contractor that works the nsa yeah um and so he's he is up in hong kong in some hotel room this man edward snowden claims to have information about the uh, uh about uh nsa and united states government essentially spying and collecting data from american citizens and uh portraits the whole can, world the whole really. world basically yes yeah. but yeah. but the, the kind of big thing is that it's no longer about our foreign enemies or people yeah. abroad we're now yeah. surveilling the american public and so yeah. Portress sets up before we introduce Snowden. Portress kind of sets up the world we're in, also the world of whistleblowing, mm-hmm. um, of how people previously have tried to come out about specific things the the United States government was doing. Uh, about after nine eleven, um, they began uh, basically the topic of domestic surveillance surveillance and how they would take information regarding American citizens. Um, and so Snowden says he has documents that can prove kind of all this. And I think that's been the big thing as she kind of sets up is that by showing all these kind of different uh, hearings at Congress, uh, mm-hmm. basically NSA saying, we never do that. Wittingly. W- willingly yeah. or directly. Yeah. We never do that willingly. It just kind of, like, it's, so it's, it's, she's setting up this kind of like, again, if we're talking about this journalism thing, it's setting up this, here's what the quote unquote truth is in terms of like on the facade area and the rest of the movie, we're going to break it, break that truth open completely. Yeah. And one, one quick thing just to get as an Oregonian, very proud about this. Ron Wyden, one of our senators is featured heavily in the documentary because he's repeatedly, I'm not running a political ad here, but he repeatedly asked questions in these hearings. That was like, 
is this happening? And mm. they would say, oh, no. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> anyway, it's not a good impersonation. You get the idea, though. Basically, That's what the U.S. Said, government sounds like to you, Ben. Yeah, oh, yeah. no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he said since these hearings that basically, you know, members of Congress are privy to information that we're not. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. So he's read into a lot of these programs, meaning he's aware of some of these. He's at the public hearing where you can't talk about classified information, Mm -hmm. but he's not asking those questions by chance. No. He knows he can't leak it. That would be illegal. But he can ask questions that are basically incriminating. Yeah. Which is pretty gutsy. Like, that's (laughs) the thing. Just to say, there's a lot of people who care about this and there's a lot of people that she shows in the doc, uh, you know, Drake and some of these other leakers. What, William Benny, which we'll go into a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. People who tried to do this officially go through the ranks. The Snowden movie talks about some of this stuff, too. I mean, basically, if you stood in the way, you were either harassed, fired, jailed, mistreated. Um, you're in particular just sort of a complete destruction of someone's reputation. You were not a patriot. There was no way for you to oppose this on the grounds of like the rule of law, people's right to privacy, or other things, um, and not be destroyed. Basically, mm-hmm. people just got chewed up trying to stand in the way. Because I, I, I don't know what the knowledge is of everyone who are listening about Snowden, so I want people yeah. to know exact or just uh, in a as as easy as you can. What exactly was he leaking? Yeah, and and there's a lot, right? And yeah, I, and I will. Tr- I'll try. This, we'll keep this sixty seconds or so, right? It's like big picture. You ask or you listen to the rhetoric of Obama, which is used in the documentary and the feature film of like we believe in privacy, liberty. We need to roll back mass surveillance, etc. You ask in front of Congress, are you collecting Americans' information? No, God, God no, God no. He basically leaked technical, very specific, detailed information about how the systems that the NSA was building, mostly through these contract companies like Dell, sort of ironically Dell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, they're building these massive server systems and uh, duplication systems to basically replicate, copy. Mm-hmm. Every piece of information traveling through the internet at different points, mostly at these um, offshore connection points. Because, like, what is quickly? Yeah. I'm going to expand the scope here a little bit. But what is the internet? Right? We say the word, and people draw like clouds when they say like my music lives in the cloud. The cloud is someone else's computer. Right? You're paying someone else to host your music. Right? Yeah. Um, the internet is a collection of clouds. The internet is a collection of computers. And basically the government was targeting specific spots in the Mm -hmm. internet and just running a Xerox machine on all of it. Yeah. Which sort of seems uh, unfathomable. Yeah. Like like our Zoom call now and this podcast, we're recording it. We want it. Yeah. But sure. It's not encrypted. Um it, it can be recorded and stored basically forever, which seems wild. But yeah. Pointer shows these sites, in particular in Utah, where they've built just 
incredible amounts of storage. They contract with Amazon. They yeah. contract with other storage companies. Like they are really, really doing. He proved yeah. that they not only have the means, but they are doing just whole cloth everything. And then basically the key point that he gets fixated on, especially in the Oliver Stone movie, is that there's basically no warrant, there's no oversight. And if you want to, if you have a grudge, a personal grudge, if I work for the NSA or I'm a contractor like Snowden, I have a clearance. I'm not a directly, anyway, you're just a contractor. Yeah. You could say, screw Brandon. I'm going <laughs> to look up everything about Brandon, every person he knows, everything he's ever looked at on the internet, yeah. and I'm going to destroy him. And there's nothing that Brandon can do. There's nothing that Brandon's family can do, your lawyer, your congressperson, nothing, because I just don't like you and I have access to everything. And that is, you know, when you explain it that way, it's like, yeah, that seems unfair. That seems <laughs> not good. Yeah. That's that's a high level non-technical. Yeah, and and the yeah, and and basically it was it, he kind of the big thing he's showing is how again you kind of saying how US government was somehow lack of a better phrase in bed with these tech companies like Google or uh, phone yeah. companies like AT&T, Verizon, and essentially collecting data uh, regarding American citizens and other others yeah. abroad, but specifically American citizens. Or that's the part that's, I guess, people are getting hung up. That, that Snowden is like, hey, you can't just be doing this un- like to, to American citizens and them not know about it. So yeah. the main players in this, as we said, it's Edward Snowden, uh, Laura uh, Poitras, who's the director, and then the American journalist for The Guardian, Glenn Greenwald. And another journalist, I don't really go fully much into, uh, Ewan uh, Macaskill, Skill, who's also of The Guardian, who's kind of just there a lot of the time, but not the, per- the, the main person. I've kinda, we've kind of talked about thoughts of this, but I had never seen this movie before. I knew about Snowden because this movie came out, like in an award season. I knew about it. <laughs> I knew the bullet points. I knew he oh, Brandon, le- this leaked, is so great. leaked information. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the big part of the kind of like, again, the dumb to damn for me uh, was the interview from last week, week tonight with John Oliver, where mm-hmm. he basically goes to Russia, goes to Moscow, which is we'll get into later, where Snowden was uh, had kind of sought asylum and refuge there. So I was unaware fully of the extent of everything. Uh, so yeah, this documentary is very much, it's not your, t- it, like the thing about, this is a side thing about documentaries because yeah. sometimes documentaries can have the, um, the per- people have the perception that documentaries are like slow and boring sometimes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's this, you're giving yeah. us information of things that have happened. Cool. Talking head interviews. Talking head interviews yeah. about a time I don't even know about, but documentaries can be a very i think sometimes i I, this past year even for me of 2020 some of my favorite films of the year were documentaries because i think they they can provide a great piece of information if it told correctly or told in a great way they can be thrilling and engaging and insightful and i feel like citizen four is one of those movies where like it does like you said it plays like an espionage movie in a way it is an it is an espionage movie an espionage like journalism thriller like it's a thriller yeah it is it is it's unsettling. The setting is like the world stage. Like they go before the EU parliament. They go to the they go to Germany. Like they're in Hong Kong. He goes to Moscow. Like she's filming these black not black ops, but secret sites all over the world. 
as part of the footage. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's totally crazy. I th- I think it I think it even is you know because Oliver Stone you know made the the biopic version the like let's make it Holly you know Hollywood like a Hollywood like a Hollywood movie yeah. you know you hear the story this guy with a Rubik's cube walked out with memory cards in one of the you know uh, pieces basically right he flips the Rubik's cube around to the guard and gets through the metal detector so it's spy level stuff it's totally spy level stuff and yet I think the doc is between the two significantly more infused with just the drama of it all. The movie is good. Both both movies are good, but the documentary is great. So before we, before we get into favorite scenes, I'm going to give a brief, we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but I want to give a little more details about kind of how this movie came to be. And hopefully this will set this up better for people that haven't seen it. Uh, so in the early 2010s, documentarian Laura Poitras was in the development stages of her planned third and final film of her documentary series on America in a post 9-11 world. Her first two films were My Country, My Country and The Oath. Um, My Country, My Country was released in 2006 and was about the Iraq, about Iraqi life during the occupation from the U S after 9-11 while The Oath dealt with um, Guantanamo Bay prisoners who had ties to Osama bin Laden and how they were essentially like they were like his driver or like a taxi driver that they and essentially got wrapped up in the war on terror um as kind of been mentioned after completing my country my country poitras was put on the department of homeland security's watch list and that if she was in the airport security would be notified that her quote threat rating was the highest the department of homeland security assigns um she was put on the list because at this point she had sent a wire transfer to an Iraqi medical doctor that was one of the subjects in my country, my country. Uh, she says her work had been, has been tampered by constant harassment by border agents during more than three dozen border crossings into and out of United States. She had been detained for hours and interrogated, interrogated and agents had seized her computer, cell phone and reporters notes and not returned them for weeks. Um, once she was threatened with being refused entry back into the United States because of her, uh, her sources and things like that um due to this constant surveillance poitras began researching the topic of america's surveillance culture part of her research resulting in a short documentary for the new york times that focused on william benny a 32-year veteran of the national security agency aka the nsa um and after 9-11 he became a whistleblower in 2002 after he released information on a program known as the stellar wind project which he had helped design Benny claimed the NSA had turned a program that was used for foreign espionage to begin spying on American citizens, and he believed the American citizens should know about it. Not long after this, after she met a documentary, Poitras received an encrypted email from an unknown source claiming he had information regarding possible wiretapping practices from the NSA and other government institutions. The source signed the email as Citizen 4. Poitras began communicating with the source and soon decided this person was legit. She contacted an American journalist by the name of Glenn Greenwald, who was working for the American branch of the British newspaper, The Guardian. Uh, Poitras was friends with Greenwald because he he had written an article previously about her detainments from airport security, her being on the watch list. Uh, after, apparently, Greenwald had actually already been contacted by this person known as Citizen Four several months before. Uh, but Greenwald felt the measures of Citizen Four were, that were, he was asking in terms of the forms of communication were too annoying, so he didn't follow up. Yeah, it's an amazing like turn in the whole thing. He, he they were trying to use encryption, and Green, Glenn Greenwald was like, 
this seems too complicated. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, no. Uh, so once Poitras met with them, Greenwald became involved. Uh, yeah. Toward the beginning of 2013, Poitras and Greenwald traveled to Hong Kong to meet with Citizen Four, and they were expecting an older veteran of the NSA, as, as Poitras, I think I've heard her say in previous interviews, and said they met a 29-year-old man by the name of Edward Snowden, originally from a small town in North Carolina, uh, and Snowden was now working for NSA contractor and had formerly worked for the CIA is what it was. So I don't know your name. Oh, sorry. I, uh, my name is Edward Snowden. Uh, I go by Ed. Um, Edward Joseph Snowden is the full name. Uh, S-N-O-W-D-E-N. And uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm originally, I was born in North Carolina, a uh, small town, Elizabeth City. There's a Coast Guard station there. I'm from a military family. Yeah. But I spent most of my time growing up around uh, Fort Meade in Maryland. Uh, and your family, uh, what's the consequences for them? This, uh, this is actually what has made this hardest. Uh, my family doesn't know uh, what's happening. They're, they're unaware. Um, I don't think I'll be able to keep the family ties that I've had for my life. So it's a documentary, but there are scenes in a documentary. Do you have some favorite scenes in this movie? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I I do love it. It's sort of almost like an art gallery uh-huh. sort of experience, but the shots that she has of the listening post mm-hmm. and the secret facilities with the soundtrack they're they're not elaborate they're just still uh long lens photography they're not drone shots they're not hyperactive you know satellite photography with crazy graphics it's just here it is i know this is not a great answer in that it's not (laughs) you know there it's not charged with all this action but there's a way in which she just she just lays it in throughout the film of these places that are that are you know they're off limits yeah, they're yeah. unknown we i don't know there are things to really like ponder like yeah. what is happening <laughs> <laughs> uh who works here who has oversight you know what i mean like uh one one quote from his book uh that relates to this about working with journalists right is uh I, he he talks about how uh, he says, I knew at least two things about the denizens of the fourth estate, the, the press. They competed for scoops and they know very little about technology. There um, you go. <laughs> which, I, which I think even with uh, Glenn Greenwald's reporting, like who, who should, this is, uh, let's talk press. Like yeah. let's talk yeah. journalism movies. Who, how should this work? <laughs> who, who should report on these things, right? Because most of the public doesn't get it. I think that that's pretty no, yeah, It's that, complicated. It's yeah. really, really complicated. Even with a technical understanding, it's complicated. How, how should we go about this? Like, it's not the sort of thing that you can have. I mean, as an example, like, would you want let's say the previous presidential election to have this debate, like, you know, Trump versus Biden, are they going to have a meaningful debate about encryption, 
global surveillance. Well, it's like, <laughs> it, 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 like it, it, it's a joke. It's yeah, kind of yeah, a joke. Yeah, no, it's like it reminds me of it was it was like one of the the many like hearings that like like uh, that Zuckerberg was on. Yeah. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook and creator of Facebook, one of the creators of Facebook. Um, and and the senators like basically asking questions about the internet. Yeah, and they're just he's just kind of like what? Like he's he seems very confused at some points by kind of these old as we've said before. With I mean I don't want to get into politics here, even though we're getting politics with this before. Sure. Uh, in some way, but yeah. it's like the age of like like some. There's a big debate now. People are like I don't want like my senators who are born pre World War Two or like in World War Two be running how the modern society should be, and so it kind of goes that in the in that and those internet questions of how they just don't understand like the internet in some way the tech the the tech aspect of it 100 percent. i think yeah. famously that if we're talking about the same senate interview it's like he asked about his iphone and he and zuckerberg was like sir i i work for, i own facebook yeah, like, yeah. That, that, you got to talk to tim cook at apple like they, they like literally don't understand the characters like yes. people's faces yeah so that's not good that's not yeah. a good sign so, so in this example, right, uh, this specific of Snowden surveillance, yeah, yeah, right, is it, you know, should judges? Because there's a, there's a great you asked about a scene. Yes, like, there's a great scene uh, early in the film of the government arguing versus uh, customers of AT and T. AT and T, like that, who are that, in a class that, action lawsuit. Yeah, they've been going on for years, years and years, like and like years. a decade is what it was kind of coming off as delayed. And they were, and the it says like preliminary phases which means like it's yeah. just getting started a decade or so yeah. into it but but the the great thing i mean number one the lawyers and the judges are all characters because there's a really old judge on like yeah. video conference yeah yeah and then there's this lawyer for the government who's like our argument is that basically all of this is super secret national security <laughs> we can't reveal anything about why we can't reveal what we can't reveal and in some cases the judicial branch should step aside and basically trust the executive branch they, more or less uh, yeah that's the what argument. that's what he says yeah, yeah and the old the old judge i love it he's like just uh just understand you you think that we should just get out of the way like what is the role of the judiciary <laughs> like, uh, you know yeah, we we're not gonna. This yeah. is not the podcast to talk about politics, yeah. really. But but it is. There is a there is a sense here for like a. This will not be the last movie like this, right? We live in a digital age. Technology is getting more complicated. There will be more whistleblowers. If you are a young Laura Pointress type character, how should you do this? Right? Should it be some sort of online interactive thing? Should it be? Uh, should you have more talking heads that are technically minded? Like, how how does this all go down? Like, you know, yeah, should you leak this stuff? There's all sorts of ethical questions that are, uh, you know, that are very different than a, like, the mayor is stealing funds from the city. Yeah. Or well, this senator ha is having an affair or whatever. This is so complicated. It's so big. Yeah, yeah. Well, because the, the worry is, and I guess we'll get into this kind of now, is, like, the worry is that people, because the information is going to be leaked, the government doesn't want, U.S. government doesn't want other, like, foreign enemies to know about the information, essentially. 
Like yeah. that that's kind of I think Obama and I think even Trump would later say like Snowden's leaks may like basically ruined certain techniques and practices that we were doing and and basically gave quote unquote enemies uh information about how they were like surveilling foreign sure. countermeasures. Like once you know that you can be tracked in a certain way, you change your patterns exactly. and habits. Yeah, I mean there's a there's a bit in his book uh that Snowden says that when he went through the intelligence community like training on how whistleblower and leaks and all these things were treated, they sort of seriously said, again, this is his word, but he said that they basically said, we would rather you sell secrets to an enemy than that they'd be made public to the press, which is wild, which is really wild. Is it saying it we, would, you, we would rather enemies know about the yeah, American public? So this, it's just so complicated. <laughs> but but if you if you think about the logic of that for just a second, it is rational <laughs> in a certain in a certain in yeah, a certain sense because if you if you give this you know there's a reason that the the Guardian had to grind up their hard drives. Yeah, like the government, the UK government pressured them to use. If you haven't seen the movie, come on. This is it. There's drills yeah, at the end, and yeah, grinders. The end the movie, and the, yeah, the last like 15 minutes of the movie is like tying up loose ends of what it feels like. And one yeah. of them is basically the Guardian saying, all the information we gained during this investigation, we now have to destroy Yeah, to make sure it never gets out and no one ever yeah. can find this piece of this information. Because the, and again, to talk about kind of journalism, there is an interesting part. It's kind of – it's not fully – it doesn't they don't delve into it it's kind of it feels like an like a like a throwaway kind of scene but one of the head guys the guardian is talking about what parts to redact cuz they have cuz mm-hmm. things when they get the information it's not redacted they're yeah. having so that's the so the idea of journalism is that they are having to pick and choose what information is not as classified as it like or or which what information is too classified to put out into the american public yeah they're trying to be sort of respectful and responsible yeah but again they don't know not to say that they're you know uneducated they they don't know what piece of information could lead to something bigger right and that and and this is this is the thing about snowden he doesn't really either Right, he's he's twenty nine. He's twenty nine. I mean, he is young. What, what life experiences he have? Okay. Well, I mean, he's young. He's extremely. I mean, he's basically an extremist ideologically. Like yes. the purity of the Constitution, the purity of the rights of people. Trump. It's the they need to know. They, they go. Yeah, they go over all of these other concerns, including. I mean, he says I'm aware of the dangers and the risks, but I use. He's got these complicated technical things in the book about how he used zero trust encryption keys with a chain of zero trust encryption keys, blah, 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 blah. Come on, man. You're walking around the world. <laughs> you hit, you hop through Hong Kong, which just is near China, and then you land in Moscow. And come on, Brandon. He hands full copies. There's a bit in the movie where he's like, I'm giving these copies to you, Laura Pointress. Yeah. Uh, you know, Glenn Greenwald, and I no longer have a copy. It's out of my hands. I can't be interrogated or tortured and reveal anything. Because because some of these documents are legitimately classified in ways that could cause harm to, to people and methods, 
Um, I'm comfortable in my technical ability uh, to protect them. I mean, you could literally shoot me or torture me and I could not disclose the password if I wanted to. Um, you know, I, I have the sophistication to do that. Uh, there are some journalists that I think could do that, but there are a number of them that couldn't. But yeah. the question becomes, can an organization actually control that information in that manner without risking basically an uncontrolled disclosure? But I, I, I do agree with that. Honestly, I don't want to be the person making the decisions on what should be public and what shouldn't, which is why rather than publishing these on my own um, or putting them out openly, uh, I'm running them through journalists yeah. so that my bias you know, and my things, because clearly I, I have some strongly held views, are removed from that equation and the public interest is being represented in the most responsible manner. Yeah. Two kind of parallel scenes yeah. that I like. So it's the beginning when Greenwald meets Snowden and how Greenwald doesn't fully comprehend uh, encryption, for one, but also just like passwords. Very yeah. few people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very few people do. Yeah. But it's like, but yeah. but what I find so funny in a way is Greenwald's watching Snowden like he's an alien is what it feels like. Oh, yeah. Like, because like, so at one point in the movie, when they're, when they're first talking, Snowden puts like a blanket over him mm -hmm. when he's typing his password. And yeah. and Poitras pans to Greenwald and Greenwald's face is just like, what the hell is this guy doing? Oh, because they barely know each other. Yeah, they barely know because his face just kind of like okay, and he goes, "Is that for like visual?" He goes, "Yeah, to make sure like no one sees like what I'm typing." Because the idea is he thinks that like someone could see how many times he clicks the pass the the, the, the keyboard, and they can deduce what he said. Because then he tries to why well, I, I find kind of funny. He is right after that. He tries to guess what Greenwald's like password is. Yeah, but what I find interesting is like, so you see that you see Greenwald's just kind of out of its depths in terms of oh, hundred percent of, of that. But then the ending scene with Greenwald and Snowden is the opposite. They're they're really eager. They're 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 writing on paper to avoid saying things because they're worried they might be because 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 they've kind of set the entire movie is that like our technology is listening to us is the idea. Yeah. Our phones, our computers. Yeah. And so, yes, they're writing it down on paper, as you were and saying. And famously, at the, you know, we're spoiling some things, I suppose, if you haven't seen it. But, but they they write some squares with some arrows, and it leads up to to POTUS to basically the decision chain for some of these things goes all the way up to the president, and basically the president is complicit. It's, yeah, it's it's as close as you can get to an all the president's men to say this really comes down to the president. And the president is lying. Yeah. That's what the movie says, yeah. and it won an Oscar, and it didn't. It didn't change. No, you know it's, what I mean. It, like, like, yeah, it's very much the follow the money scene, and all the president's men follow the money. Yeah, and it's the it'll, it'll, it'll take you to the top. But yeah, it's like. But the idea is that he's he's writing down specific information about where it's coming from, the sources, and you're just he's he. And he but he's saying it's like, oh, it's coming from, and then he shows the paper. It's yeah. like, so it's like he's he's they they love to play spy. Like I think I I think they get real. I think they're both really excited to be <laughs> so in the mix. And come on, from a I'm I'm not a spy. I'm not trying to prevent. You know, that's but, the first thing a spy would say, Ben. Yeah, I know. But Pointress 
literally has a camera, uh-huh. and they're both wearing wireless mics for the film. Come on. I I question... Brandon, this is so complicated. But I question some of Snowden's... Not his sophistication. He's clearly highly technical, highly intelligent. I think he's sometimes full of crap about just about the levels of of you know in his book he's like i'm encrypting all this right the way encryption works is like if you keep the keys secret Uh then it's encrypted the problem is and he says it in the book you know it can be decrypted at either end by either person who has the keys and so he's sharing this with people who are unsophisticated technologically who are basically you know greenwald's partner was stopped and interrogated in the uk airport and one of the tactics that they do is they just copy everything yeah they take your phone they take your laptop they take all your memory cards or whatever and they just copy it all and you know i mean once once that happens, you've been owned more yeah. or less. And like Pointress is, she, you know, she famously or uh, she makes a big point that she, you know, finishes the film. She does post production in Berlin, in Berlin, basically yes. to avoid interference from the U.S. government. Yeah. But again, there's so some of this is in his leaks, but like, and I, and I'm not trying to put on my tinfoil hat, Brandon, <laughs> but like the okay, just high level technical complexity Mm -hmm. it's all so complicated you're tappity tapping on your keyboard but the laptop that you're on could have been uh basically like intercepted during delivery you know they had programs where they would intentionally stop packages in transit insert hardware to track them Mm -hmm. uh and you would never know you are not the manufacturer of your own computer. Yeah. No one's really, even some of these really, like Apple Bomb and some of these really like very densely nerdy people, they're not building their computers. Like, like I mean, down at the very tiny level. It's just so, um, there's just too many ways that all of your digital stuff can leak that's just how it yeah. all works in inherently and them writing on paper is just kind of cute it's like that probably is about as close as you can get to not have your information leak is to use some sort of old school famously there's some some documents that snowden sent through usps to pointress later on i think through a through an intermediary it's just secrets in the mail in theory, never spotted because who cares about what's in the mail? That's the decision-making chart for each one. And And it's so political. This is, this part's amazing. That's... That's fucking ridiculous. This is, it's so shocking. That's, no, that's the population of an entire country. A few more like just brief things I liked that, that I thought was interesting. There's a part when Snowden talks about how he believes the government will like uh, – early on he says the government will use an outdated law to catch people 
is yeah. what he says. And then he gets he gets charged uh, through a espionage act of 1917 that was used mm-hmm. in World War One for spies. And there's yeah, a and se- it, there's a yeah. scene where they break it down of like how it's a very broad act. Well, and the, and there are um, if you have listened to the podcast Trump Con Law, um, where they they sort of learn about the Constitution because of mostly uh, controversy surrounding Trump, let's say. Uh, and anyway, they had a recent episode um, about the Espionage Act and how. Um, yeah, basically, people who opposed the war in World War One were charged with it just for speaking out. So that that's the other thing is there. There's a very idealized rendering from Snowden about the history of America, free speech, right to privacy. It's not clear that America has ever fully, you know, what I mean, for him to basically say that we've broken. I mean, anyway, yes. it, this, well, it's. I mean, here, here's that happened, and it with John Adams in presidency when he. He sure. did act when he was president in this in the eight seventeen hundreds about uh, people speaking out against the president, like, sure. like exactly. and, and many presidents did that too. Of like they yeah. at that point because this country was so new, and even to a point of espionage act nineteen seventeen is it's the we have to enact this law because it's going against the narrative of our country and what we want. So as you know. In June, Snowden was in charged with three legal violations, felonies, um, principally under a World War I-era criminal law called the Espionage Act. Um, the Espionage Act is an extremely broad criminal prohibition against the sharing or dissemination of what's called national defense information. It was only used to uh, prosecute people who had been accused of acting with a foreign power, uh, spies, not whistleblowers. And it's a very unusual legal representation, I think, not just for all of you, but for for me as well. Um, The Espionage Act does not distinguish between leaks to the press and the public interest um, and selling secrets to foreign enemies for personal profit. But we'll move on to Onset Life, which is pretty much in the movie. But I'll give a little bit of backstory on the kind, which you kind of mentioned as well, is that uh, Poitras, when after they shot, she had to go to Berlin because she was afraid that the FBI would show up with a search warrant in Hong Kong for her hard drives. So all the film footage was kept was kept on encrypted hard drives, multiple levels of protection, nested protection. Uh, the computer she uses for reading sensitive documents was separated from the internet by an air gap. Can you tell us what an air gap is, Ben? Yeah, I can. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh my okay the, the part of my like feeling about this is like an air gap just means that it's not connected, connected to, the, to internet. the internet yes that's it it is not um it's not clear like just like with any technical thing like this it's like what do you really mean right because you for example this is uh shown in the snowden oliver stone movie Right, everyone ha- If you have a Mac and you have a webcam, it, there's a little green light that turns on when your camera's on. That's the that's the sales pitch. There's part of the leaks from Snowden. Part of what he found incredulous in his time at the NSA is that they could turn on that camera without the light coming on. 
and no. they can watch you. Yeah. Yeah, and they can watch you and they can take photos. So my my like exaggerated response is like, well, no crap. Like in the in the sense that like, yeah, you can be secretive about yeah. how you get some of this data. So you have a quote unquote air gapped machine. This has happened um there's some real if you're really into this, there's some crazy stuff. As an example, I'll give you an example uh from a real thing. The Iranian government uh, has this has been New York Times reporting books about this documentary as well. But mm-hmm. Stuck's Stuxnet, uh, I think Stuxnet. Anyway, it's a weird. There's a anyway. They are trying to enrich uranium as a weapon, mm-hmm. right? The U.S. government opposes that. The Israeli government opposes that. They have this secret underground enrichment facility. They've worked with Russia, et cetera, et cetera. It's a spy, all spy movie stuff. But they have air-gapped machines because mm-hmm. they don't want to be hacked. Yeah. Right? What happened? They got hacked. <laughs> they got hacked because there's – if you are if you want to get at some of this technology, it's not as simple as like, oh, I'm going to unplug the cord. You know? They they were able to hack a – this is I'll, – I'll keep this short, Brandon. Yes. But I mean, an Iranian <laughs> scientist – Basically, they hacked his home computer. Yeah. His home computer went to work with him. And then they can do things like use the speakers on one computer to send an inaudible tone that triggers the microphone on another computer and transmits data using sound waves that the human ear cannot hear. So, you know what I mean? This is like Q in a Bond movie level stuff, right? Yeah. And these things can hop anyway. It can get wild. So Snowden and Pointer is saying, like, I'm using an air-gapped machine. I mean, sure, that's a good first layer of defense. Encryption's a good layer of defense. But th- let me, I'll just say what I think. All of these documents are basically as public as you could make them. In that, any, any, any person who wanted to really get a hold of this stuff, it was get a holdable. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, <laughs> Pointress and Gre- Pointress and Greenwald uh there's there's just zero probability that these documents remained secret in in their unredacted form yeah. to uh sophisticated actors yeah. basically yeah and that's what i think without too much of the politics i mean you know the most of the elected leaders who commented about snowden have very little respect for him. They call him a traitor. So let's go into that. So yeah. the aftermath of this film, um, of the actual film first, we'll say. So it was released October 10th, 2014, or it was it was shown at New York Film Festival, released uh, in the U.S. October 24th, 2014. Uh, budget for a million dollars. Box office was about three million is what it made. Uh, great critical reception was considered one of the best films of 2014. It was nominated for best documentary at the 2015 or 2014 Oscars where it won. Uh, But there's a lot of, uh, I mean, first off, there was a lawsuit that came about the lawsuits. Not what you probably expect. Uh, There was a lawsuit from a retired Naval officer and oil executive, Horace Edwards of Kansas filed a suit against the film's producers on behalf of the American people. Uh, for aiding and embedding Snowden's leaks. Basically, Edwards was trying to challenge the film's Oscar eligibility on the grounds that Poitras' 2013 short film, 
which shows Greenwald interviewing Snowden, which they show very briefly in the movie. He was saying that because it was a previous release of Citizen Four, that it would render sure. the movie ineligible for the Oscars. Uh, the Academy rejected the claim, knowing that the Guardian interview appears in less than two minutes of the documentary and ruled it was eligible for that. Sure. But the movie's impact caused a lot of uh, a lot of kind of government to like redo some laws is what it was coming off as a <laughs> uh, <laughs> little bit of a little bit of changing yeah, around yeah, the edges. Just, yeah like okay also they they won a lot of uh, journalistic awards one yeah. being the pulitzer i believe is what it was yeah uh for public service which was poitras greenwald mackeskill again mackeskill not really a big character in the movie uh as much and then barton gilman uh, and then Snowden won a couple of awards with them for like Medal for Human Rights by Carl von Ostecki Medal. Um, a lot of different things. But I want to read a few quotes to get your take on this, Ben, from some high-ranking government officials regarding Edward Snowden. Obama, as you've said, wasn't a huge fan of Snowden. The, let's be specific. The film is extremely critical. It is. Of Obama. Of Obama. Because I mean, basically, you know, basically Snowden says, I did this because what yeah. we i thought president obama was going to walk back these uh these uh practices yeah. that was put in place during the bush administration because of 9-11 but instead it was like they doubled down on it is what it was yeah and i i think what's really powerful about the film to give pointress credit she plays very reasonably sized clips from politicians yeah. saying you know, it's not, she's not trying to chop it up for some sort of shock value. CNN, here's a 10 second clip of so and so. It's a 20, 30 second clip of I believe these things. And then she uses the power of juxtaposition to basically show Snowden or some other voice saying, this is all nonsense. Like they're lying. Um, mostly, you know what I mean? Just con contradicting. And, and, she, but she doesn't do it through, I guess. What I'm trying to say is that it's not the sort of Michael Moore sort of grand, like, um, she, she's not really, like, beating you over the head with it. It's just the, people get a chance to talk, and then you just get to hear, like, no, that's not true. <laughs> and as I saw the promise of the Obama administration be betrayed and, and walked away from, and in fact, actually advance mm -hmm. the things that had been promised to be sort of curtailed and reined in and, and dialed back uh, and actually get worse, particularly drone strikes, which I also learned at NSA, we could, we could watch drone videos from our desktops. Um, uh, as, as I saw that, that really hardened me to action. In real time? In real time, yeah. You, you, it, it'll stream a lower quality of the video to your desktop. Typically, you'd be watching surveillance drones as opposed to actually, like, you know, murder drones where they're going out there to bomb somebody. But you'll have a drone that's just following somebody's house for hours and hours. And you won't know who it is because, you know, you don't have the context for that. But it's just a page where it's lists and lists of drone feeds in all these different countries under all these different code names. And you can just click on which one you want to see. But Obama said, uh, he objected to the sensational way the leaks reported, saying the reporting often shed more heat than light. Uh, he wanted to assert the disclosures that had revealed methods to our adversaries that could impact our operations. Uh, he then later said, 
because uh, people were asking him to pardon Edward Snowden. And Obama said he can't pardon Edward Snowden unless he has physically submitted the U.S. authorities to on U.S. soil. Basically saying, uh, or I said, uh, observers interpreted that as can't, the can't as won't. Yeah, I don't think that's how a pardon works. Uh, in 2013, you got a President Trump, future President Trump, made a series of tweets in, in which he referred to Snowden as a traitor, saying he gave serious information to China and Russia. Again, the two places that he traveled to yeah, when he left that, America. I, I, I got a follow-up follow quote with that, too. Uh, in 2020, <laughs> Trump did say in a press conference he would take a look at pardoning Snowden and add that he was not aware of the Snowden situation and that there are many people he's, it seems to have split on the decision of Snowden. And then uh, days or at some point later, uh, Attorney, Att Attorney General William Barr told AP News he was uh, vehemently opposed to the idea of pardoning Pardon, pardoning Snowden because he was a traitor <laughs> and the information you provide our adversaries greatly hurt the safety of the American people. He was peddling it around like a commercial merchant. We can't tolerate that. To go off your comment, I'm going to go a quote from former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. We have all these protections from whistleblowers. If Snowden were concerned and wanted to be part of the American debate, it struck me as sort of odd that he would flee to China because Hong Kong is controlled by China and that he would then go to Russia two countries with which we have very difficult cyber relationships with. Uh, Clinton saw it as turning over a lot of material intentionally or intention unintentionally drained, uh, gave all kinds of information, not only to big countries, but to networks and terrorist groups and the like. So I have a hard time thinking that someone who is a champion of privacy and liberty has taken refuge in Russia under Putin's, uh, Putin's authority. It's a great question. It's a really the, great the, Yeah. The last one, yeah. last one I'll say real quick. Uh, Former Deputy Defense Secretary Ashton Carter of Obama, several months before, Carter said, we had a cyber Pearl Harbor, and its name was Edward Snowden. Wow. What that's a, a quote. quote. <laughs> yeah, that's a great quote. I I mean, he left Hawaii. I mean, and he, yeah, he left Hawaii with just massive amounts of, basically, he didn't even fully... Again, it's hard to know from his own his own book and then the movies and some of these different reportings, like he didn't have a lot of time to review all this stuff. He really did scoop up just massive amounts of data. He encrypted it, la-di-da, all of his predictions. And then he walked over into Hong Kong and then to Russia and gave copies. That's it. That's the key thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's Hillary Clinton's quote. It's like, okay, so he may have knowingly or unknowingly, unknowingly. I think I, you're not asking me exactly, but I, I, I sort of land on the like, it's just so, it's impossible to know. As far as a mystery, I... I would love to see a movie about this when Snowden is old. I don't know, like a... When when Putin's dead and Obama, you know what I mean? Like in the I'm talking about years from now, yeah. a real story. Which will it be any more true than the stories we have now? I don't know, but like, yeah, it, it's so so interesting. <laughs> like what his motivations really are, how other people have potentially used him. Um, but let's 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 give him the benefit of the doubt. He. He did spark an incredibly important debate. It may not yeah, have Yeah, gone... even President Obama has said it sparked a debate, yeah. but maybe not the right way. Yeah, for sure. I I think that's 
pretty even-handed considering how harsh the you know critiques of Obama have been from from some of them. But I mean, yeah, I th- I think it's a worthwhile debate. I think he sparked it. I think we can't we really can't have the debate if everybody lies to us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's not very helpful. Correct. So, but there is a question again sort of thinking about this podcast about journalism, movies and the future. How do you tell the next Snowden story and how do you make a movie about it or a documentary about it? I don't know. I mean, this movie is really great. Snowden is an incredible story, but um, could you do better? Could you do it differently? Mm -hmm. Should, how could you do it more securely? Is there a way to be a semi-official whistleblower and make a, you know, Oscar winning documentary? No, I don't think so. But um, yeah, you know, and this all connects into like the Cambridge Analytica stories mm-hmm. and the documentaries that have been made to right there a lot of these technical stories are so you know sort of over people's heads i think without yeah, yeah. being like i'm not saying the american people aren't smart enough to make up their own minds or something like that but most people don't get it don't care don't want to think about it they want to see memes on twitter <laughs> Well, let's move on. Uh, just a documentary. What worked about on. it? Be quick. What worked about it? <laughs> I'll be quick. It's good. It's, I think. It, I think it's thrilling. I think yeah. it's, it's yeah. thrilling. It's it's uh, emotionally charged. You get to see his journey. You get to see the reporters struggling to understand quickly what the heck's going on. Their role in trying to sort of juggle these uh, complex questions. Um, but also, yeah, it's 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 a very technical topic, but she, you know, the filmmakers overall, like, they, they just do a great job. She does a great job of keeping it grounded and, like, it's not his story. It's broader than that. It's sort of all of us. What do we want this to be like? She kind They kind of keep it focused on these big questions without it being too hard to sort of understand. Digest, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine trying to make this documentary because I, I as you've heard me wander as we're talking about this. There's so <laughs> many ways that you could take this. Yeah. And how do you not put on your tinfoil hat yeah. and sound like a crazy person? And I think this film does a great job of like showing their paranoia, but also not fixating on it and just being like, you know, we're being hunted by drones that are invisible or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Did anything not work? I mean, in a certain sense, I think you could question the not working in that. I, not a lot of people saw this movie, I think. Like, you no, know, I mean. You're, you're like, the marketing didn't work. Well, I mean, big picture. You said box office is like $3 million. It won the Oscar. Documentaries do not go out and do they're not playing big numbers. They're not playing uh, cop theaters in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, not typically, but yeah. you know, in this genre, you know, in the documentary genre or political documentaries, Michael Moore moves numbers. <laughs> yes, he does. No, no, just to say, like, there's there is a there's a way in which if you really want to spark a debate, you I don't know. Do you have to dumb it down? Do you have to make it more hysterical do you have to make it more accessible yeah like is it too is it too dense like i don't know let me like okay. i think it's a great film i, I, I think it's a great film. film 
I'll ask you this, because uh, this is 2014, so this is seven years ago now, which is crazy. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Is this a bigger movie if Netflix does it as an original film? Uh, that's a great that's a great question. I mean, it's a hypothetical universe. Maybe I think <laughs> I think if we if it was released, then it wouldn't have won the Oscar. It wouldn't have won no because of controversy around Netflix yeah. and the Academy, right? So it wouldn't have won. And it the risk of this film, which I think I mean I'm critiquing. It's like I'm not really critiquing. I'm just saying like it didn't maybe spark a massive debate like you would maybe hope. And three million is not mega numbers at the box office, but there's an alternate world where this goes nowhere. Like that's true. I mean, it 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 doesn't get nominated. It doesn't uh, do hardly anything. Go at the box straight office. to VOD. People don't care. Go straight to VOD. Sure. I think that that's much more likely. Um, I can think of some other documentaries that are sort of in this ballpark where it's like, eh, you know, there's just something sort of broken about them, and and it. No one, no one sees them. So, I think if it had been on Netflix, it could have been the same movie. They wouldn't have marketed it, like not in the real world. Correct. <laughs> IRL. But they would have been pushing uh, it on their on their on through their algorithm though. Which is its own sort of <laughs> weird meta. Like exactly. I would have watched it, right? They would have yeah. been like, "This guy gets it. It's <laughs> tinfoil hat guy. He's oh, he's in this." Yeah, but you you wouldn't have watched it. You wouldn't have gotten recommended probably because it would have been nominated. It wouldn't have been award buzzy probably. I well, I, I mean Netflix had better track record with documentaries before it got in the narrative. So it was a few like they, they yeah. had, but yeah. it still would have been like th- like two three years too early for the Netflix too game. early because yeah. they weren't really yeah. they were doing documentaries and stuff because like this is around like their first like big thing was like Beast of No Nation, which is that yeah. year. Um, yeah. So they were just like getting an original content for film, so like it, it wouldn't have had as much acclaim. Again, it just it played in the cities is probably where where it played at. Um, Danny Network, I'll say this: uh, I think the film loses a little bit of steam once Snowden disappears in the dock. Yeah, it feels like, and it's it were it's good in some moments and not, but. Sh- but it feels like the last 45 minutes is the we got to hammer these film points home. So mm-hmm. like when Greenwald is actually talking at Brazil or when he's in Brazil talking to the press or talking to like at the press conference, he's kind of saying stuff he's already said before. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of it becomes repetitive. And so it feels and I understand it. I'm not saying it's terrible. But it does like Snowden, I think, is such a more fascinating character and it takes away the thrilling moments out of it, maybe, and it becomes more about the aftermath of, like, as a journalist, what happens mm-hmm. now when we report this huge story to our personal lives. Yeah. Um, and so some of that is important, but there's a few times where I'm like, you could probably... Which is, you know, again, the journalism genre. Yeah. This is this is a big part of it. It's like, how much is a story about the journalist? Exactly. How much is a story about the story itself? And then Snowden... Uh, specifically in his interviews and in his own musings, like he's like, I don't want the story about to be about me. The U.S. <laughs> press is far too focused yeah. on person. No, he, I mean, he says this is what- he says in the movie too. He goes, it's gonna be about yeah. personalities delivering the news yeah. or something like that. And then what happens? He does an interview with Boindris where he becomes, you know, his face is all over the the world. Close up face, as Edward Snowden. Yeah, yeah. 
and and the and the quote about the Pearl Harbor, it's it's Edward Snowden. People think of these as the Edward Snowden leaks. Yeah. It's not the Pentagon Papers. No. Right? Yeah. You're right. It's not tied to like a war or specific it's him. It's him. Yeah, it's not is, it's, it's not the it Watergate so he, tapes. It's not yeah, it's none of that. Yeah. He yeah, it's not the mass surveillance tapes or anything like that. Like he he failed <laughs> he failed to not become the story, which is so interesting. Uh so there's no alternate universe cast, because it's a documentary. So film facts. Edward Stone decided to contact Laura Poitras after seeing that short film that Poitras made for the New York Times about William Benny the NSA whistleblower. Also, Edward Stone used the number four in his code name Citizen Four because Yeah, because of the other leakers previously. Is that he saw yeah. Thomas Drake, William Benny, and Jay Kirk Weeb as uh the first three uh people mm-hmm. to try to expose NSA's mass surveillance. So he saw him himself as the fourth person in line. Almost a little too self-aware, maybe, I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of took it to mean more like the fourth estate, like the press that's what I thought, or something. Yeah, that's but, what I thought, too. But it's that yeah. it's he he sees himself in a lineage. In a lineage, this, in this narrative that. So I, I take what you will yeah. from that. Uh, last thing. Do you know who the, one of the executive producers of the film was? Steven Soderbergh. That's interesting. Because you know what else he Soderbergh has you, so you, many. You know what else he was EP on? <laughs> What? The report about the CIA reports, the torture reports. Uh, oh, wow. So, yeah. And then as we're going to talk about next week, Thomas Lane on our Alan Pakula episode, big fan of Alan Pakula, director of All President's Men, Parallax View, and Clute, three movies that are, are referred to as the Paranoia Trilogy. Yeah. Which I, even though people might think that I have a very handy tinfoil hat, I have not seen all of those movies, but I want to. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they're good. So. Let me ask you this though, Brandon. Soderbergh, has he made I mean Soderbergh's all over the map. Soderbergh does what Soderbergh wants, which is kind of why I love him. Yes. He's just no question no qualms about past films or no. styles. He's just I'm gonna make whatever, make whatever the hell move I on. want. I don't care. Yeah. Bubble is a movie that I saw from him years ago where it's like, wow, he just <laughs> does it. He just makes a movie. Um has he what has he done that's in this political press themed? I mean, political wise, I like I think of like traffic as one that he do, kind of deals with politics yeah. in a way. Yeah, um, I love traffic. Uh, I would say, I mean, Che deals with politics yeah. in some way, uh, part one and part sure. two, and then um, well, the informant, the informant's one about leaking information and stuff well and i guess he did the panama papers one yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. laundromat Laundry and they and even yeah. i mean even other things like like political and specific even high flying bird has that kind of like like uh take on the world us what against a character them. just just one director all these oh, movies yeah. we've named and they're all over the map and then he makes oceans 11 and out of sight sure. and logan lucky or sure. whatever but even like weirdly it's a side thing but like the girlfriend experience which is a movie that's not really about politics but set in a political background because i think it takes place during the 08 election or something is what oh, it was man. but she's like a she's a prostitute she's a high-end escort yeah <laughs> high-end escort. i was gonna correct you yeah, yeah. high-end escort. I, I changed uh high-end escort leading up to the 2008 uh election anyway so but yeah he, he's a guy who's does whatever and but he is i'd, I'd love to see 
a movie that is much more of like a spotlight, all the president's men from him. Laundromat is not really that. No. Um, not at all. So, anyway, uh, if you're listening, Stephen, we're big. We're huge fans. <laughs> huge fans. Anyway, so story questions. I have two. Big ones, probably. <laughs> so let's try yeah. to keep it brief. We'll keep it fast. First let's off, is the documentary one-sided? Well, Obama's not interviewed. Yeah. Well, it's intricate because I, I read a little bit of the reviews. Because I mean, great, great critical reception. But the reviews that I did see, all of them were like, well, this is just like from one side of the conversation. One person even said, it's not even one side. It's half of one side of the conversation. Which, take what you will from that. Uh, I don't know how... how uh, I'm not sure how many pieces they're chopping up the sides into. It's like the sushi mat of ideal... I mean, some random... No offense to online movie journalist, uh, but some <laughs> random... Uh, um, we have to be sites. careful, Brandon. We might be we confused might be. as a random <laughs> internet <laughs> journalist. We might be Reddit sleuths there, Ben. Who knows? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Monsieur Horton. Yeah. Um, some people were complaining it was one-sided and i just you could we talked about that a little bit earlier i mean yeah for sure it, it's a it's a again they focus on these like high level ideals yeah and they don't for example talk really about what if you're a terrorist yeah what if yeah. you're you know dealing as a drug cartel what if you are involved in human slavery like should you be able to communicate I, i'm just saying yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there are really terrible things on planet earth should you be able to communicate without the government being able to target you in some directed way? Yeah. The government has opinions about that. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Most people do. Most people do. Yeah, Most yeah. people do. Uh, and then last big question, big, big question that everyone's saying, patriot or traitor? I mean, I, I tried to give some of my like confusion along the way of the episode yeah. today, Brandon. I, I don't know that we will know until we know. Like, yeah. it is the Hillary Clinton quote. Quote is great. It's like pretty weird that he went to Hong Kong, controlled by China, and then Moscow, Russia. Those are very particular places on planet Earth. You know, he didn't go to any number because, in theory, he said he was going to. Uh, Ecuador, I believe. Yeah, he was going to which sound, doesn't yeah, have an extradition. Yeah, extradition that was the big part. Was, yeah, extradition process. Yeah, yeah. He flew the wrong way. <laughs> How do you mess that up? <laughs> I mean, as an example, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald lives in Brazil. Why did they meet in Hong Kong? Like, I I have read about this stuff. I've watched the documentary. I don't understand. It just seems very weird pointress could have flown to ecuador they could have met in ecuador like if you're trying to avoid i mean you could say that he was trying to travel in a way that fit his work patterns or something because he was yeah, like maybe yeah i don't know brandon but but okay throw that aside did he raise legitimate questions that we should debate yes yeah hit me on twitter Let's go. <laughs> At Sweet 22, Ben, who's now on the watch list. Uh, oh, oh, for sure, Brandon. Come on. Uh, One of those yeah. 1.2 million. Uh, awards. A little different. It's a documentary, but we're going to do it anyway. Beatrice Strait Award. I'll say person. Person with limited scenes that kills it. I got a couple here. 
Okay. I'll I'll hear yours. I mean, I like Applebaum. Applebaum Applebaum's his... probably my pick. Yeah. I I wrote Applebaum. I wrote William Benny. Yeah. Who we start off with for a bit. Also, I'll give this guy credit. This one guy who comes in for one scene, Ladar Levson or Levison, for the he comes mm-hmm. in at the conference with Applebaum, and yeah. he created uh, he created uh, Lava Bit, open source encrypted yeah. vo- webmail that Snowden, uh, it allowed the government to spy on Snowden's email or whatever. And I think well, they they came to him and said we want Snowden's emails, and he said I don't have the keys to decrypt them or I can't decrypt his email without decrypting all the email yeah. on the service. And they're like, we don't care. And he's like, well, I'm going to shut down. Yeah. And, 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 but what's funny in the conference, they introduced him. They mentioned Snowden. He goes, yeah, thank you. He goes, I, I do wish one day that they, that our, my name is not attached to Edward Stone, but that's fine for today or whatever. And then, and then mm-hmm. they both, and then him and Albaum kind of both go into um, the, uh, privacy is liberties and and freedom and these type things um i think album i the the i i would go with him just because that opening speech at the occupy wall street meeting yeah just the again just the line of just because it's facts doesn't mean it's true mm-hmm. it's just a very interesting and i think that applies to not this just this specific thing but really anything well yeah that he articulates really well just to bring this home for everybody right i mean snowden has that quote about turnkey tyranny basically it's like at the point where people actually believe a thing Mm -hmm. and applebaum's talking about this but i mean it's it's at the moment tied to occupy wall street but we can bring it to the present now with black lives matter protests and like here in portland there's been very nationally and internationally viewed uh Mm -hmm. high profile protests in portland around the courthouse um they flew plane the US government flew planes on irregular patterns that circled the city that were sometimes used for surveilling cell phones and things like that mm-hmm. even though in theory they're not supposed to do some of that in you know theory, what i mean yeah, these are <laughs> these are all still very relevant to today yeah. and so the question that snowden raised and applebaum raised is if you go to one of those protests do you have a right to be kind of anonymous? Mm-hmm. Like, should you be on a watch list because you went near, let's use this, this example specifically, because mm-hmm. you went near the courthouse around the time of a yeah. protest, right? Your phone was there. It's like, Were you there? I mean, Ben, like, are you like, there? Because, like, yeah, yeah. Ben, did you go, like, go to your office and get your stuff that day and, and, and yeah. be near the, pro- yeah, it's, that's the thing. Yeah. So, are we, so we're going with Jacob. Is it Applebaum or Applebaum? Looks like it's spelled. Like I believe it's Applebaum. A- it's spelled A P P E L B A U M. So A Apple, Apple. I we should yeah. find him on Twitter. Jacob Applebaum slash Applebaum. Then I w- I would go with him. I would go with him for this one. This is a concept which is key to everything we'll talk about today, and it's called linkability. Take one piece of data and link it to another piece of data. So, for example, if you have your Metro card and you have your debit card, you have those things, and you can draw a line between them, right? So that's like not a scary thing, except your bank card is tied to everything else that you do during the day. So now they know where you're going, when you make purchases. So when they decide to target you, they can actually recreate your exact steps with a Metro card and with the credit card alone. Like literally where you go and what you buy. And potentially by linking that data with other people on similar travel plans, 
they can figure out who you talked to and who you met with. When you then take cell phone data, which logs your location, and you link up purchasing data, metro card data, and your debit card, you start to get what you could call metadata in aggregate over a person's life. And metadata in aggregate is content. It tells a story about you, which is made up of facts, but is not necessarily true. So for example, just because you were on the corner and all those data points point to it, it doesn't mean you committed the crime. Annie Potts X Factor Award. <laughs> Supporting player that is the most memorable. Does Snowden fit in this category? He wants to act like he's a supporting character. He's like, I just happened to be yeah. a messenger. And come on. No, it's like you said, the energy of the movie is fueled by him. I agree. Largely. So who, who would you put here? Is it Greenwald? Would you put Greenwald here? No, I wouldn't. Would you put anyone here? Uh, I like those moments with like Drake and Benny. Some of those other leakers. We'll have, go with Benny because Benny Benny has a few yeah. more scenes than Applebaum yeah. does. I because th I think supporting means like it's like the Beatrice Strait. I'm just trying to to pair this with the with the documentary, but that's like a handful of scenes. That's why I think yeah. Benny kind of counts as that too. But he is he is the one that kind of opens the movie. I will say yeah. that. And then he's yeah. kind of pops up throughout. He's he's on the when when the news report is uh they're doing the news stuff on like CNN and all these other places, he's one of the ones they're interviewing. So I'll go with I'll go with William Benny. I like the shots early in the movie of his house. Yeah. It, it's just very like very humanizing, very yeah. American. He's in your sort of middle class mm -hmm. everyday neighborhood where you're like, Oh yeah, he's just a guy. What do you think they're doing to reporters, those of us that are working directly with uh, Snowden documents? How do you think they would approach dealing with people like us? Uh, you're, you're, you're on the cast iron cover list, which means any, any electronic uh, device you use that they can attach to you, they'll record and capture all that data. And what do they do with that data? They're just trying to figure out what we're doing? Uh, well, they're trying to, that's part of it, but the other part, primarily part, uh, is for them, I think, is to find the sources of information you're getting. So if I have a confidential source who's giving me information as a whistleblower, and he works <clears throat> within the U.S. government, and he's concerned about what he perceives as violations of the Constitution, um, and he gets in touch with me, they... Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, from there on, they would nail him and start watching everything he did. And if he started passing data, I'm sure they'd take him off the street. I mean, the, the way you have to do it is like Deep Throat did, right? In the Nixon years, meet in the basement of a parking garage, <laughs> physically. The Gene Hackman MVP award, person who carries the movie. I have two people down for this. I mean, you know, Greenwald brings a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the, the energy of the movie is, although I really like the VO from Pointress, See, like her reading. Yeah. I really think like those are the moments when I was rewatching this and I, I made notes. It's like that opening bit where she's reading. I mean, it is charged. Yeah, it is. This is. Yeah, it's great. So I would probably say that. I, yeah, My two people were Snowden and Laura, Laura Poitras. I think yeah. I think she is. She this is what's key in a documentary. This is something that, that people don't realize sometimes when making a documentary. And this is one where it's not full on like. I hate he's just the profile person, but it's not the full on Michael Moore. I'm a character in the story. You're following me as I go through these things. But she's not a silent observer, if that makes sense. This movie, she is still a. She just doesn't appear on camera. She still has a. Her voice is very strong in this. 
And yeah. I think that's very key in documentaries that you have to pick a perspective. Mm-hmm. That's why I asked if it was one side, because I mean, every documentary usually is somewhat one side to some extent, because it's from the filmmaker's perspective. Yeah. And I think Poitras's perspective is very strong. And I think she is the one that carries it through when Snowden leaves in the movie, yeah. her perspective is still always there. And she's trills to trying to make sure even in the law, the law scene where it's a bunch of those lawyers doing pro bono work and they're having to explain what the espionage act of 1917 is. She's guiding us through this yeah. murky world. And pretty quickly. Yes. To that, I mean, to her credit, there's a lot of filmmakers who could have spent a lot of time bogged down with like the historical perspective and does it like yeah, no, she, yeah, just, she yeah, she doesn't go into William Benny, Thomas Drake, and all those people. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. Benny's kind of the main person. We're gonna like this is kind of this is what's happened before. Yeah. Laura, at this stage I can offer nothing more than my word. I am a senior government employee in the intelligence community. I hope you understand that contacting you is extremely high risk, and you are willing to agree to the following precautions before I share more. This will not be a waste of your time. The following sounds complex, but should only take minutes to complete for someone technical. I would like to confirm out of email that the keys we exchanged were not intercepted and replaced by your surveillance. Please confirm that no one has ever had a copy of your private key and that it uses a strong passphrase. Assume your adversary is capable of one trillion guesses per second. If the device you store the private key and enter your passphrase on has been hacked, it is trivial to decrypt our communications. Understand that the above steps are not bulletproof and are intended only to give us breathing room. In the end, if you publish the source material, I will likely be immediately implicated. This must not deter you from releasing the information I will provide. Thank you and be careful. Citizen Four. Uh, final questions. Well, there's if this film was remade in the present day, who do you cast? Well, that's already happened with the uh, biopic of Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Snowden, which I think he's good as. You said you haven't, I haven't seen, seen it, it yet, but yeah, he tries to take on his like pattern of speech and sort of his like hesitancy, and it it it's fine. Yeah, it's Levitt, I, and I like Levitt. He's made some odd choices. Or rephrase. I won't say odd choices. He's made some choices that have turned out odd in some way. It's the snow. I find find that like two of his last recent movies were movies that were based on documentaries. At one point with Snowden mm. and with The Walk, with Man on Man on a Wire. It's like, mm. but he's a good actor. But yeah, he had he had he had a big big hot streak for a bit in that tw- early 2010s with the like. 500 Days of Summer in, I think, 09 or 2000. And then, like, Dark Knight yeah. Rises, he was going to be a big guy. And he hasn't fully uh, reached those heights again. He, he's good in the film. I know we're not fixated on it. He's good in the film. It's a, again, it's kind of a tough, like, this guy is this tech nerd yeah. who leaves his girlfriend out of the mix of the whole yeah. thing. He's got epilepsy. Like, there's health issues. But, like... I don't know that he found necessarily like the heart of the whole movie. I don't know if Stone did. I don't, you know, Sound. it's a good movie. I think the documentary is better though. Like hearing straight from him is just more compelling. Uh, does this film fit with any other genres? We've said espionage. I mean, it's sort of, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of a spy. It really is sort of a spy thing. 
Um, is there like a tech? <laughs> I mean, you know, kind because of. we're kind of talking about like dystopian. They like they like to kind of tease or talk about like a future dystopian government. It's Orwellian. Where, like, it's Orwellian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody loves Orwell. It's so weird. You go into like I go into Powell's here, the bookstore in Portland, one of the bookstores, and 1984 top five. Like people. People love that idea of like an oppressive government. And then they're like, but I love Facebook. <laughs> I love my phone. <laughs> I don't anyway. want yeah, anyway. Uh tech mate, yeah, I would say tech. There's tech movies. Like it might be too like there's ones like the circle that are like trying to be in the, the future circle, or whatever. Yeah. Uh I would the argument I would say is is this a is this a law movie? Yeah. It's not full on courtroom, but there is a courtroom scene and there are moments. There's courtroom scenes. There, and the, yeah. and there's them discussing the law. And how, yeah. uh, and how, what, what is his case? Like, do people like, do they have a case, does Snowden have a case against the U S government? Like how he protected, blah, 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 all that stuff. So I threw, yeah. I, and I, I think it probably takes up some of that more than like a regular or, uh, I mean, I don't know. Journalism movies, a lot of times it is exposing some illegal mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Someone else has been doing an illegal thing. The interesting thing is that he is, he is the criminal. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh how does this film fit within the journal- journalism genre, Ben? Well, I mean, I, again, thinking about those pinnacle films yeah. of I'll, I'll tell you what I think makes it unique is the time that we live in, which is kind of what we've talked about. It's just like this is this does not lead to a single smoking gun, quote unquote, that everyone can understand to say, you know, Obama or pick a president or a, a you know some member of the government did this gave an order that did this crime that that stole everybody's cell phone numbers did, yeah. or their did they issue the code red that's the that's yeah. the, the code red yeah. yeah it just doesn't come to that and so it's maybe just not as you know digestible to most people i think what really the problem is yeah. in a certain sense. Yeah. Right. Uh, how do you explain this to your friends without them saying like nice tin foil hat, you know? Um, yeah. I, so, so I think it's unique in that. Uh, I think it, I think we will see again, we will see more things like this where like the Cambridge Analytica stories with Christopher, uh, is it Wyland? Wyden? I'm not Wild? sure. Yeah, I was gonna Wiley? ask you break that down for me because I'm not. I'm not. Oh, okay. I mean, that's if you're interested in this, I guess that's a recommendation for uh, a related film. That's also, um, you know, that was a leak to the Guardian in the UK. Mm-hmm. They ran a whole bunch of stories around Cambridge Analytica. I can summarize it quickly, which is that. Cambridge Analytica did contract work basically for campaigns, political campaigns all over the world. And they use data from mostly Facebook famously to predict and did some of it is techno babble, but they, they created what they called these psychological profiles for people to say, like, as an example from the movie, we know that if you buy Levi jeans versus someone who buys Wrangler in the U.S., if you buy Levi's, you're more likely to be a liberal by some statistically yeah. very significant margin, and Wrangler, you're going to be a Republican. Mm-hmm. That seems kind of crazy, 
But like as another example, if you wear LL Bean, oh boy, you are as you're in Vermont and you are liberal, <laughs> and that is just like open and shut case. And that's kind of silly. Same with Subaru. Pick up these brands. We self-select. We sort ourselves into these things. We tell Facebook. That's that is the thing. Is like we 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 tell them what what, what restaurants we go to. Exactly. What, yeah. We give our data away to Google. We look up on Google movies. Maps. Like yeah. Yeah, I'm on Letterboxd. I'm watching this. I'm watching that. And it's like, oh, no, what if someone knows what I'm watching? Yeah. Well, I'm telling everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's the th- It kind of comes up in the Snowden movie from Oliver Stone. Uh, you know, Snowden's the, Levitt is saying, like, we shouldn't be tracking all these things. And his boss is basically like, people willingly yep. make their lives public all the time. Yep. So we're just using this to protect Americans. People want to be safe. They will trade their privacy for safety every day and that's what we're doing we're doing what they want yeah what if watch that cambridge analytica documentary on netflix if you find this stuff interesting because it's a continuation of what you can do if you have this data and the political implica- implications uh but yeah also just that deals with ethics in this movie it feels like in some way not fully like we have an ethical issue here but there's it's the mm-hmm. talking about even like greenwald one point talking to snowden about how I'm gonna how how we should bring you out into the world mm-hmm. with this information, like because yeah. people are gonna find out at some point. But I don't want to just announce you to the world and give you like take away three months of your life because they would they would took me take took them that long to find you or whatever from that point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then just again like the the trying to decide what to redact, what not to redact, uh, in the in the um the stories. Anyway. I think that's all we have for you on Citizen Four. You got anything else to say, Ben, about Citizen Four? No, this is it's been fun, Brandon. Uh, it is a you know complex, technical, you know, yeah. maybe a little bit paranoid topic, but uh, it's good. It's there's some worthwhile stuff here, and the film does a good job of hopefully sparking some of that debate for people who want to watch it. Yeah. And just so you guys know, Ben has been wearing a tinfoil hat the entire time as we're recording. I didn't want to tell people, Brandon, but now... <laughs> or, he, or, no, I'm sorry. You put it on every time. Let me put on my tinfoil hat. He actually was putting on his tinfoil hat. <laughs> I need to update my Twitter profile photo <laughs> to let people know. <laughs> With your tinfoil yeah. hat. Like I know. Uh, so, yeah, that's all we have for you guys. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Nation Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your podcast. And if you haven't already... Make sure you write us a review on whatever platform you listen to on. These reviews help with our visibility on these platforms as we're talking about platforms and stuff. Uh, and we also enjoy reading them. So we actually got one recently. Ben, I'm going to read it to you. Ooh. Since you're here. This is from uh, I'm a fan. DG Funny Monkey. Yeah, love the name. Great podcast for film buffs. Uh, this podcast is awesome. They do monthly deep dives into different genres throughout film history. Both hosts and, and I'll say guest speakers are highly knowledgeable and excellent speakers. He didn't put that in. It's okay. Uh, the show is, or he or she, uh, the show is well-produced and easy listening. My favorite episodes are the director ones that round out the month where they go through the life and filmography of a director who's made great waves in the month's genre and always end up adding some films to my watch list. Highly recommend. That's great. And that leads me into promote next week's episode on Alan Pakula, director of All the President's Men, Clutes, Parallax View, Pelican Brief. So yeah, uh, yeah, just tell everyone about the show. We, we want more people to listen to it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your um, ex-girlfriend from high school. I don't know. Just tell whoever you want to. Tell your crazy uncle who's always 
Get off of Facebook. This is the episode. This is for, for him. him. This is for him. He's like, I knew it. Text it to him. Yeah. Mail him a postcard, <laughs> letting him know. Uh, if you haven't already, going into that, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're there. <laughs> we we tell you all of our information of what we're doing. Um, and Ben, as always, thank you for coming back on the show and joining me. Thanks, Brandon. It's much appreciated. And thank you all for listening. We hope you listen to more episodes soon. Bye.